the judge misreads his verdict. And he says, you've got 10 years. I would have thrown up right there. I, I did not. He, I mean, he said, he didn't just say, you've got 10 years. You've got, he says, whatever the official term is. 10 years of Texas state wow. penitentiary time. That is your sentence. Uh, I don't even look back at my family. They take me to the side and I'm like, I'm about to go to, to prison for Holy 10 years. Holy cow. Yeah, that's right. We are getting back to part two of my interview with Joel Stabile. Hey, listen, guys, I apologize. It's been a while. I've posted anything, and the honest answer is I needed to step away. I needed a break. I needed to decompress. I was feeling burnout. I kept pushing. Some other stuff happened personally, and I was just at the end, and I needed to step away completely. Uh, and I think that's true in life, whether you are an entrepreneur, business leader, a parent, um, a senior project manager, whatever you do, when you are beginning to feel and face burnout, stop right away, take a few steps back, regroup. Otherwise, you'll get to where I was. And I just kind of shut down this whole process for a couple weeks. But I am now back. I'm energized. The sun is out. We're basically in spring. We're getting people vaccine. Hopefully COVID is starting to go away and we can get this under control. And I think life will be beautiful. But I'm telling you, friends, if you're feeling burnout, take a step back. It's all part of the process and building your happy place and being a better version of you. Uh, so you're going to get a slew of podcasts this week, and I'm really excited for you to listen to them all. But first, part two of my interview with my buddy, Joel. So if you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to it. Incredible, insane stories. And we're going to just pick up where we left off. At the end of it, we do get into some ideas and thoughts about being an Enneagram 7. And we go kind of deep with that. So if you are a 7 or have a 7 in your life, I highly recommend listening to that part because you might learn some things or you might hear some things that you didn't know were true about 7s. Or again, if you are a 7, you might finally go, oh, yes, I feel that way too, but I've never been able to say it or I didn't know how to say it. We get into some deep stuff. Uh, so thanks for listening. And here's my interview with Joel Stabile. Um, I hear crying in the background. Uh-huh. Um, same family cop or family cop. Good Lord. Same family friend who is a Dallas police officer uh, gets permission to come in there to me with my lawyer. And they're like, hey, listen, you need, you need to look. I'm not crying yet. I definitely would have cried. Not crying yet. Uh, and they're like, you need to look up. You have a suspended sentence. You are going to go do this uh, boot camp in the penitentiary system. Uh, the Texas Department of Corrections, you're going to go out to TDC, do this, do everything right, just do it. And then, you know, they're like, listen, it's it's three months, three months tops, 90 days. And then they're going to uh, bench warrant you back here in front of the judge. If you fulfill it and do it right, then you have a 10-year uh, probation sentence. And I was like, that is a big difference. Mm -hmm. So, all right, great. So I go and I spend another three months in county because the system's so backed up. Right. So three months in county. 
what was hold on what was the verdict supposed to be because you said he read it wrong yeah that's what he read 10 years and i don't and know it's supposed they, to be it's going to be this 10 year suspended sentence with gotcha but you do this do first. the boot camp and yeah okay but gotcha. and, and, it, and if you don't do the boot camp you get 10 years oh gosh so yeah so right but i'll do the boot camp man. whatever yeah right right so uh so i do another three months at county i'm writing letters to the judge being like listen i'm really remorseful and and like truly remorseful like mm-hmm. i understand what i've done is wrong i want to give back to the community mm-hmm. uh, and I, now i've done another i've done seven months in county and you wanted to give me a three month sentence at a boot camp so i feel like we kind of can cross this out and yeah. go about probation but nothing's happening finally boom they call me in the middle of the night i go uh, so I'm out at the Roach Unit in Childress, Texas. Shout out, and uh, <clears throat> immediately do what I think sevens do. And I got in the best possible situation, and I didn't have to do. <laughs> Man, I did about I think two weeks of that boot camp, and then became a trustee, and got to go hang out and just take mm-hmm. care of the. Mm-hmm officers and do that for the next two and a half months and that's all i did i'm drinking free world coffee as we call it and you know eating pizza and not doing any of the boot camp or any of the stuff and just being respectful to officers and a nice polite young man yeah Uh, my time that they called for the bench warrant i go back they gave me perfect everything and, and for the record, I would have gotten perfect everything on the other stuff if I had to do it. Again, it's right. three months or 10 years. Right. So, and to, to be clear, I was there with three other people who had the same judge as I did. And one of them decided to act a total fool and jackass and be cool in front of the other uh, boot camp inmates or whatever and just kept it up and kept it up and kept it up. And they made an example out of them. Mm. They, uh, the people in charge, you know, they had the whole like military style system there. Mm-hmm. They sent off the, his report, the judge sent back the sentence. They pulled him out, cuffed his feet to his hands with his pillowcase, with his belongings and the trustees and this boot camp are across the street from general population at the Roach unit. They cuffed his feet yeah. to his hands and said, you've got a 10 year sentence across the street oh and walked gosh. him across the street Wow! for him to do 10 years instead of those 90 days. So I go back, judge is like, you did a great job. You know, hope you learned your lesson, all that stuff. Um, and because you did such a phenomenal job at this boot camp, <laughs> you know, uh, you have a five year sentence on your probation. I'm like, awesome. So I go back up to County and I'm there for another month. Because they still needed to what process you out, dude. This time they lost my paperwork. Oh my god! I'm not even wow. joking. So here, here, just so, and this one, this is just another thing of the amount of privilege that I carry around day to day is insane. Um, this one doesn't have to do with white or male, but the fact that I had advocates outside and we knew someone, yeah. and 
the, the, the people that don't have advocates and don't know somebody, and we don't know the mayor. We just know a one city of Dallas police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, listen, the paperwork's been, it's been done. Like, what is the deal here? Um, and so they're like, he's going to be released on this day. And uh, this day that I mentioned is my dad's birthday. It's the Reverend's birthday. Well, guess what happens across the street at a freaking chemical plant, a gas plant, huge explosion, mm-hmm. just a, a freak accident explosion. But guess what's on lockdown now? And no one's coming in or uh, going out. Right, right. I don't know how they did it. This police officer comes up with a guard. They get me out of the tank. He walks me out the building. Uh, and I got to go out. Yeah. Uh, on my dad's birthday and see and see the Reverend on, on his birthday. And just so you know, also haven't seen the sun in five months. My head is shaved because they, they have to. And I'm wearing the clothes that someone in Huntsville wore in, in 1970. Again, <laughs> they just keep those clothes and wow. they give it to you. when whenever they, whenever you leave it, like here's yeah, some clothes here's that someone. we have for you. Uh-huh. So I've got these bell bottoms on and it's buttoned down and there's police everywhere because this this jail is on lockdown uh-huh. and there was an explosion in here. I'm scared. This is the first time that I'm really scared. <laughs> now I'm out here walking. So I feel like I have learned some things and I've learned some stuff. Uh, and I did. I learned a lot. Like I said earlier, I was a loud mouth before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, man, you are not. There's always someone bigger than you. Right. And you don't know people. That's the big thing that I, I try to immediately try to start teaching my friends when they wanted to be hotheads or just cool or jerks, you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm not some old man now, but I'm like, listen, you know, you don't know that person. They might come kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've learned kind of those kind of lessons and I'm feeling good about myself and uh, get a job again. And I'm going through, you know, now I'm an awesome bartender for the record. If anybody, needed a bartender at that time i did it i'm crushing it i'm doing that uh meet a girl we date a little bit she and i break up for a second she gets pregnant during that breakup we get back together uh did you know she was pregnant when you got back together yes okay yes yeah it wasn't like a yeah she didn't then it sprung on me we get back together um, we, I'm doing all the prenatal things. We're, mm-hmm. we're living together. Um, and now we're dating and the, the dad doesn't want it. And I'm not going to use some specific people who know me will know this story. I'm not going to use names. Just sure. Because yeah, no, that's wanna, fine. Um, but he's not doing stuff. They don't have a good relationship. It's not going well. Um, and we're dating and in love. Um, so sweet little Gracie is born. Um, and we are doing this life. We, I propose my folks and family are like, Hey, you you sure you want to do that? You know, you're a great guy. And, uh, it seems like you're just trying to do something. I'm like, no, no. Again, sevens, you can't, you can't tell us. Yeah. Don't tell us and reframing everything. Yeah. This this is love. And this is what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. it's happening. (laughs) So, um, we get married. We have a child nine months later um, okay. and 
Jolie Opals to be born. And about two months later, we, I tell her I would like a divorce. So I'm just, neither one of us are happy. Wow. It's pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. Uh, neither one of us are healthy. I, I said happy single and neither one of us are healthy. I am Bart working the night shift because that's where the money is. And I get to wake up every morning, take see, care, take right, care of the girls right, while kids. she's at work. Mm-hmm. And I keep, I don't even take them to the daycare. I keep them until three o'clock with me at home for us to play and have fun. Mm-hmm. And then I take them at three o'clock to daycare for them to be there for two hours uh, and then go to work and do that up and then hang out. By the time the shift is over, the girls are asleep. So I go out with my friends and then come home mm-hmm. again. Super unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, start gambling again and abusing that. Um. Well, I've been gambling this whole time. Sorry, start gambling makes it sound like, oh, I, I've relapsed in gambling. Been going. But now gambling's getting out of control again. Um, and I think the correlation of alcohol to gambling abuse is pretty high to unhappiness. Unhappy individual, I'm drinking now, I'm drinking too much and gambling, yeah. drinking and gambling. So that is just that trifecta. Yeah. So, um, so we get our divorce. We, that takes a long time as we work on it, get back together, move in together. She moves out a week later. Um, just all sorts of craziness. Um, but we do that. I uh, then start really kicking ass. I am handling my business. I don't know what it is that snapped in me, but um taking care of my responsibility with the kids. I've got at this point a ton of time with my non-biological at equal time as I have with my biological child, Gracie and Jolie. I've got them both all the time. It's great. Uh, some people see what I'm doing and they, Oh no, no I'm sorry. I'm skipping one little small important thing. I get fired. First time so, ever from the bar. Yes. So okay. now uh, I'm working. I've been at the same bar for four years and uh probably should have been fired god knows how many times but no nah, man i'm 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 your number one employee this bar can't go without old air texas right so right. i'm doing my sales are the the highest sales highest ppa i crush all the surveys that you need when management needs something done for them to look good i handle it i've got job security so uh so then i get fired and um, these people who are new friends of the family are like, you are doing a good, I get another job. They're like, you are doing great. We see how much uh, you've changed over the past five years, um, made some questionable decisions, but, you know, with the marriage and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we want to help you out. We're in this place to help you out. So I get a new job. They don't give me the job. I get this new job and they help me out with getting a place. Um, and um doing things again. Then this new job that I'm working at, um, the owner, it's a small franchise, says, Hey, I am selling this location. And I've spoken with these people, and they are willing to lend to loan you the money to buy this small restaurant. 
Wow. Uh, do is that something you want to do? So lots of talk about it. Talk with lots of people. Lots mm-hmm. of you know really discern it. Everybody else really discerned it. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Um, it's in a really cool spot. If you're uh-huh. in Dallas, it was on McKinney Avenue in Dallas. I mean, just, I'm like, I am on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens with that is I'm not at all qualified to do this. <laughs> I mean, zero qualified. Uh, I don't do a good job because, because I didn't do a good job. Not because I couldn't have do, done a good job. It's because I'm drinking from sunup to sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, I've isolated myself now with my kids uh, where the thing, I decide what is responsible, what's not responsible. So this was pretty early on in uh, smartphone territory time. Um, but I was like, when I have my daughters, I don't go, I don't go hang out with friends. It is me and my daughters. I'm off my phone, phone's away. And that's it. Yeah. And so I'm doing that and running this restaurant to the ground. Those are the two things that I'm doing with my life. Um, and then, and gambling then when I, when I can, because now again, lonely drinking, yep. gambling, gambling. Right. So I uh, go up to Oklahoma to any casino one night, as I've done hundreds and hundreds of times and I lose and I'm driving home. And as I'm starting to get closer to home, uh, I was like, man, you've done this a lot of times. You are, you've done this a lot of times. And what is going to change? And the dialogue is that nothing is going to change. You, you're not going to change. This is who you are. And you're a parent now. So pretty soon you will be broke. You will not have a home. And you'll have two daughters who have a homeless father. And I was like that. I don't want to do that to them. And I don't, and I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't, I, I, there's no other way. There is no other way. Yeah. Again, to touch back on what we talked about earlier, not once was it, you need to go talk to any of all the tens and tens of people who love you so much and would clearly mm-hmm. get, get you help, not bail you out, but talk to you and help you see things a little bit more clear and, and do the right thing and make better choices. Not once was it go, go ask for help and talk to people. It was, you have dug this hole and now what are you going to do? And this time it was, there's nothing you can do this is who you are. And I didn't want my girls to have a homeless father. Yeah. Right. So I, uh, when I was like tomorrow is, and now we're getting to the, you know, that was all a lot of setup to get to kind of what I, we talked, I mentioned to you and you're like, Hey man, I'd love to hear more about it. Uh, is that the next day I attempted suicide? And, uh, so I had a couple more drinks before I went to bed and I was like, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up. You're going to call your opening cashier and tell, and co- and tell him, Hey, just handle today. I won't be, I won't be coming in and close up whenever you get done. 
and, uh, and you're doing this. So I wake up the next morning, clear headed, like not hung over, you know, I, I just made an hour and a half drive from Oklahoma, uh, not hung over, not still drunk. Uh, didn't start drinking. I, uh, did some research like we talked about earlier. I dude, I don't keep talking about all these guns all over the place. I don't know where guns are. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I'm trying to think of the most peaceful and non-traumatic way for this to happen for the people that I care about and for myself. And, uh, you know, I decide that cutting my wrists is the answer to this, uh, that it's the, just the way to do it. And so I researched how to do that, found some really, really dark things. Uh, but there was the answers mm -hmm. and I started at that and it, um, you know, I, I don't again, one thing of things through clearly it was taking longer than I had expected. I was like, what's the deal here? So I had a, I'm not good at the measurements now anymore, but I had a full handle of scotch. I was love scotch. And I was like, you know, what I do know is that that thins your blood out and right. maybe that'll speed things up. So I start pounding this scotch and uh, I go ahead and write a, and I'm like, man, you didn't leave a note, write a note. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Are you writing this note? And now you're probably pretty intoxicated and you're still bleeding. Oh yeah. And now, and now I started and working on the second hand now also. Uh, okay. So, uh, so that's where I'm at. Um, and I eventually, you know, I eventually pass out. And uh, so the girl I was dating at the time hadn't heard from me in, you know, and was like, something's wrong. Calls my folks and was like, hey, have you heard from Joel? They're like, no, but I'm sure he's fine. She's like, I don't think so. She shows up. She finds me. She calls 911. Uh, they come. They get me. I go to uh, the hospital. Family shows up. Excuse me. And I'm sitting there now alive. Uh, they bandaged up my arms and, you know, stitches. Like I, there was one of those, yeah, apparently the hand, the wrist cutting thing, a lot of times is cry for help. I've learned that since then this, they knew from the scene that this was not that situation. Um, and so they're not releasing me from the hospital, like to anyone. Yeah. They're like, you're going to the psychiatric ward from here. Right. Uh, I'm not, I'm refusing to see my family. Uh, finally, I, again, it was probably cut, but my sister, they are like, this one person says they're not leaving will you see with just one person she comes in she talks to me and i'm like you know i guess i'll i can find a bartending job and i'll have to figure things out the to pay the debt from the restaurant and uh you know find a place to live and uh, that's what i'll do and there it is uh and that's that's all i'm thinking i'm like that i guess that's it so take me over to Green Acres, I think, Green Oaks. Green Oaks in Dallas, maybe? And uh, I think Green Acres is the television show. I was going to say, yes, yeah. television. Okay. So Green Oaks, I think, sounds more like what it is. Um, and I'm there uh, detoxing, which uh, 
apparently was quite an ordeal. I was not coherent for it. Really? Uh, they they got me on some stuff, and uh, like anything else, when you're coming off of when you're detoxing, seizures and the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. Were, were these? Were you doing drugs at this time, or was it only alcohol? No, just alcohol. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but a ton of so much alcohol, I've got gout. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, it takes yeah. a lot for that to happen. So, uh, not to add that to a bragging montage, but yeah, I've drank so much, I've got gout now. Um, and I get a phone call. Uh, my folks have a connection with someone from through their ministry that he is the uh, director of operations or some grand title at a uh, treatment facility near Austin, Texas. And I will plug this one. And it's the last resort um, out. It's technically in Smithville, Texas, but it's right outside of Austin. Uh, and it's a treatment facility facility for uh, males, men, boys. Um, there's a probably minimum age. My mm-hmm. guess is like 17 to 99. Yeah. Um, and he has talked to his, uh, the owners and they're willing to grant me a full scholarship to come there uh, again. Just how many times am I going to get this blessed this? Yeah. Right. Uh, because for people who don't know, um, inpatient facilities are unaffordable to the people, to the people who need them, which are all the people that don't have insurance. Right. Right. And that's if your insurance takes it. And my wife is a therapist who has worked for uh, and dealing with insurance companies is the worst and the most complicated thing. And they don't want to pay the money. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so now I've got this uh, $100,000 scholarship to, for three months at this inpatient facility. Um, I go out there and this, and this is the first time, you know, no one is, this is the first time that, Hey, we need to address you, not address what you're doing with your life. Right. But the person that you are, uh, which when you look back to it, it is, you keep making some poor decisions and drinking and now you can't stop drinking. And it seems like that's the, where we're at. So, uh, I do the three months there and it changed my life. Um, I forget the year that that was again, not, I'm not a past thinker, but, uh, it changed my life. I've not been, I don't have a 10 year, um, recovery chip. I've got lots of, we're we're skipping ahead, but, uh, I do that. And it was, it was incredible. And it was just eye opening of, who, you know, that I just, I wasn't the person that I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I like to talk about or not love to talk about, like it's sports, but it's easy for me to identify and share is I was really easy. And I think this is also, um, this is not specific only to air Texas, um, that I have all these ideas and about the way life should be and the way things should be until I don't fit that mold and then I'll change it. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. so I remember as an example, 
when I was in high school, sitting on my high horse, uh, you know, in youth group, uh, a discussion that came up about suicide and the stance that I had about how selfish it was and how it's just, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a strong enough belief that, you know, there are people that are like suicide, you go to hell. That's not, that's not where I was coming from. It was just suicide's never not. Why would you commit suicide? There's all, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. And until I reached that point and then it's like, Oh, okay. And same with, with everything else who gets fired until you reach that point, who goes to jail, who has, who is a felony until I'm a felon. Mm -hmm. And, and then I keep adjusting it. And now as an example, I, I've reevaluated a lot of uh, beliefs that I've had and that I was one given to when I was younger, had when I was a little bit older than that, younger than this. And now it's like a year at the age you have to own what you believe in. Yeah. And right. I don't think people reevaluate the beliefs that they've just always had. Right. Um, so there's like a lot of people that I know or a hand. A lot of people out there, some that I know that are like parents, for instance, who are super anti-homosexuality, that it's a sin and it's the devil and all these things. And then guess who has a gay kid? Right. And it forces them to confront their own beliefs and go, okay, exactly. Well, yeah. And be like, oh my gosh, this human being who I love with my entire heart, who God gave me and mm -hmm. it, you know, there's no way that this is the devil. Right. And how can this but, be wrong? Right. But, but now they have to, now they have to do that. And yes. so, so that was just a big thing for me in that phase of, okay, who are you and what do you believe in and what are your priorities? Um, and so I did uh, the nine, the 90 days there uh, because I had children, they thought that it was smart, like their normal, their standard recommendation is an outpatient in Austin where you're close to that community mm -hmm. and all those things. Um, they did think, and I'm grateful, you know, I don't know if this is just another seven getting away with stuff or whatever. They were, were like, you do have children in Dallas. You do have a support system there. We do think that it's okay for you to do that to go back to Dallas. Mm -hmm. So, and, and for you to leave, like it wasn't, you know, like at green, green Oaks, it wasn't, well, you got to leave. And now where do you go? It was, Hey, you have done great here. Yeah. Uh, for people that are leaving, um, residential treatment, it's easy to do great when you have no other responsibilities. Yep. Like my job there for 90 days is to be sober and to do the work. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sober, can't even get to alcohol and I'm having a great time hanging out with 20 other dudes, uh, right. Eating three yeah. meals a day, learning things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, now I'm living with a girlfriend. I've got to, uh, deal with an ex-wife. Not that sounded bad. Like, like she was the issue. And now I have to have a relationship with my ex-wife. Sure. Right. Well, I've been gone for four months mm -hmm. and she has been left as a single parent without help with two daughters. Um, answer to all the things that I've done. It, it's hard. It is, uh, it is not as easy as you think it's going to be. Like you say to yourself, it's going to be hard, but I'll be able to do it because I've got right on my side or truth or sobriety. Yeah. Well, wrong. It's crazy hard. Yeah, I can imagine.
Uh, yeah, man. So I get out and soon the girlfriend and I, not because of me being a jackass, but we break up because that's what people do. And, um, you know, but here's to sum up then that time until, so we'll say two and a half years uh, before I met Whitney was me just trying really hard to make good choices and be a good parent, be a good son, not be selfish. That is the biggest tie in for me that I have a hard time. And I don't, I don't want to, if there are other sevens out there that are like, I'm a freaking angel and you're not talking about me. Um, I think sevens can be selfish. I think yeah. it is a, a matter of we are independent numbers and or aggressive, whatever you want to call it. I think independent's a better word. And um, an unhealthy, I think an unhealthy seven is a selfish human being. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, an alcoholic or an addict is a selfish human being. And when you combine those two, <laughs> man, it is the world revolves around me and the world will figure it out. And since then I can still be crazy selfish. Um, like I alluded to a few minutes ago, I don't have a senior chip right now. I don't have a one-year chip, but I'm not abusing alcohol. Uh, I am sober today. Uh, I'm at about we at 10 months from my last drink. Okay. Um, and so I've gotten a couple of different times. I've gotten one year chips mm -hmm. and I've had times where I've said, you know what? I think, I think I've got this thing figured out and licked and uh, tried it and was wrong. Mm. And, but here's, here's the big thing for people who, whether it's, this isn't like a thing to addicts or alcoholics, but just people who are struggling and don't think that they, and are going to decide that they can't ask for help. Don't bury yourself too deep. Like that is the biggest thing that I've learned is like, it's okay to make a mistake or a bad choice or two. Well, let's, let's compound it with three. Don't keep going. Like it is a, you are not, you are not right. <laughs> and there's something bigger than you and, and smarter than you and better than you. And you're a part of a bigger system, not everything is going to work around, around you, not in a selfish right. way in this conversation, but in a, okay, if I do this and this will work for me, it is no, you need to work for the other things, mm -hmm. not that. Um, but yeah, just don't, don't bury yourself. Uh, and that has gone really well for me. Like I said, I'm so now, uh, am I a felon? Yes. Does that suck? Yes. Uh, I voted for the first time, though, in this last presidential, presidential. Wow, really? Yeah. They, I always thought you couldn't, in the state of Texas, vote if you were had a felony. It's different state to state, hmm. but as soon as you are off of parole or uh, probation and everything is cleared and you're done with it, you can vote again. There are some rights that you don't get back. Um I'll never be on jury duty. I don't know if yeah. people care about that. Uh, 
never was on it, but I heard it sucks. So there's that. <laughs> it's not worth getting a felony for, but yeah, uh, right. Depending on how much you hate jury duty. Um, and there, there are other things, but yeah, I've got that. I've got uh, some huge scars on my wrist that uh, I've got to explain to my children, some the older ones pretty soon. So we're still at the stage of life where they know that it, uh, that a knife did it and, mm. but they don't know the extent after that. Right. right. Um, they know that I'm an alcoholic and that I don't drink. Uh, but the, the things that as wonderful as life is, and this is the kind of dealing with it as, as adults do, like I said, I feel like I'm 18 feeling good about myself right now that it's like, Hey man, you're a felon, a suicide survivor. Uh, I used to have God awful credit. I don't know how a human being could have worse credit than I had based <laughs> on my decision-making. Somebody did because I wasn't. In the, you weren't the worst. Right? I wasn't the worst. So someone out there had it, but it wasn't me. Um, but God awful credit and it's going to be okay. And that's a kind of, be, I really, if you have questions, I want to hear that. But before kind of wrapping up my story, that is the big thing is no matter how hard I, no matter how hard life is and how hard it sucks and whether it's the world beating down on you or, and you not getting a fair shake or you effing up and the, and life is tough man, there is a way out. There's a, I've watched the other night with the kids, uh, Incredibles two or one, I don't know, but, uh, where the, the guy from breaking bad, the voice from breaking bad tells Mr. Incredible. He's like, if you want out of the hole, you have to, you have to put down the shovel, (laughs) um, you know, stop digging. And that, that's the thing. And then there's a way out just plain and simple. And it's not going to be easy, but it's always going to be worth it. I'm not a one of the, an individual who likes to put a lot of uh, stop me if a seven has said this before. Deep personal things on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> but like once a year, I like to just kind of own that uh, on social media with a picture or something that you know, I, I could be dead mm-hmm. and, and not could be, should be dead. Mm-hmm. And I can hardly believe that I get to have this time with these children and with this wife doing anything. And same with yeah. incarceration. If you know, to take it to just a different area, if you're someone that, you know, it's like, I can't believe that I am so blessed and fortunate to be out and, living at home with people that I love and with choices and rights. And, and Mm -hmm. so it's just, uh, those things wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. I've got two new kids now. Uh, so when Winnie and I got married, I've got the two girls, Gracie and Jolie, uh, she is remarried to me now and she brought contributed to our family, uh, Jace. And then the two of us made, little Josephine. Okay. Uh, And, you know, to be able to look at it, look at her and them and, you know, I, every 
in a movie, it's corny, where it's like every second is a blessing. You know, every breath you get to take is a gift. But you've and lived where that is, that's reality. I tried to take it away yeah. and, uh, and, and should have. And um, so it, it's pretty incredible. And uh, oh my gosh. So project semicolon or semicolon project, look up either one of those. Mm -hmm. I saw uh, that on your wrist. Yes. So yeah, I've got, again, with the tattoos, I love tattoos. And I'm going to get another one of these. I've got one on my wrist. I'm going to get another one tattooed somewhere. I'm not sure. I'm starting to think about finger tattoos. I got the hands covered up here. Um, and a lot of people get it like behind their ear. I don't think that's me though. Uh, and not to judge anyone. I think just if, especially if it's only one tattoo above your neck, if it's behind your ear, a little bit more feminine of a move. Um, so, and I know I'm living in the stone age talking about feminine and masculine, but uh, <laughs> for, for me, it's, that's, that's not it. But, uh, and it is that, um, kind of the theme behind that nonprofit is that an author continues the sentence with a semicolon instead of ending it with a period. That's right. Con continue the story. The story can continue. Mm -hmm. So if you see, if you're struggling, you see anyone with a semicolon tattoo or I don't, I haven't seen merch, but uh, usually it's just tattoos. Uh, man, talk to, talk to them. And if you're struggling, go talk to a therapist, talk to a priest, talk to your sister, talk to someone at a bar, talk to someone, right. don't isolate yourself and don't, uh, don't do it alone. Cause you don't have to. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. So, so check it out. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The uh, creator of the semicolon project, uh, she unfortunately ended up taking her life. Um, I've lost a lot of friends. Um, and acquaintances who went through the last resort and didn't come out the other end. Mm. Um, and so it, it's not easy, Yeah, but it's, it is worth it. Whether it's a, a job, you know, when people come out on that side and they're, they got a job and they're like, I love this job or find a new passion or a per or a human being or something about themselves. They're like, I never would have had this opportunity to know this about me or know this person mm -hmm. or do this one thing if I had put a period at the end instead of continuing the story. Yeah, that's good, man. Thank you. Uh, I know, like you said, you don't, those are things that you don't like to share. Um, and, and I appreciate you saying all of it and sharing it. Yeah, man. And I, to be clear, I think there's a, a play. This is a place to share that with you. I don't, and, and social media is a place for some people to share it. Sure. Uh, my social media is not a place for me to share. Right. Hey, look, uh, man, life's a blessing today. People are struggling. And, yeah. you know, so uh, I think support is more important. Support of other individuals is more important than celebrating. Uh, I feel like success isn't the word right here, but <laughs> no, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. 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 What from your perspective, from you lived in it, what advice can you give to someone who has a loved one struggling? How do, how can someone support that person? How can a loved one support their husband, their wife, their brother, their sister, neighbor, uh, who is struggling? Man, that that's a great question. 
And it's so you know where I get asked that question is at Enneagram workshops. Hmm. And but here's the thing. So there's two. I have two answers. The first one is because most of the time people are coming up to me at a workshop asking about their child, spouse, friend, whatever, mm. who's an anagram seven mm. and right. is in, is in the struggle. And I think that answer is, I think this is where anagram work and, and all sorts of other work. Enneagram is again, not everything, but in this uh, conversation, there's a big difference in my anagram seven son is effing up like you did and we want to help him and we don't know how to help like what do we do like you just said because like we talked about um man you're not you're not going to tell seven anything they uh they got it under control they don't want you to help they do i mean they do want help they don't know how to ask for it they don't know how to receive it it's not right they don't yeah i think a lot of us don't know how to how to ask and if we do know how to ask we don't know how to receive right and then the people who give the help that to a seven that was unsolicited ends up being enabling Uh because they're like kick ass man i'm getting help i must not have messed this up too much Mm, right and i can continue it so then it's then it's enabling and so it so for others if you have an anagram seven out there who you want help, this is the toughest part. And I've asked my folks about this and they support this answer as being in that role, you know, that they had. Yeah. All you can do is be there for them uh, and let them know, you know, as often as you can, let them know that you're there for them. Um, Check up on them, not to get personal, like literally just give them a call and mm-hmm. hear their voice. Let mm-hmm. them hear yours. And at the opportunities that you have, let them know that if you need anything, I'm, I'm here. If you want to talk, I'm here. If you want to go play around the golf, I'm here. If you want to grab a bite to eat, I'll, I'll pay. Let them, or, or you'll pay, huh? you know, whatever. Uh, we'll go to your place. Yeah. Let them know that you are there for them, that they are not alone because that's the, that's the thing when, whenever that person, whenever the seven thinks I'm alone and I got to figure it out, that's when it's going to go South and it's not going to, it's going to get dark and bad choices are going to be made. I think it's different for other personalities. Yeah. Uh, I think other people are literally reaching out for help (laughs) and other people are reaching out for help and maybe they don't need it as much as they're, Letting on to be right. Yeah. But I think the main thing here, here's the deal. Uh, my folks say that everyone needs a spiritual director and a therapist. Yes. And I think when you have those two things, you can discern what is yours to do. That's the big question that, uh, that we need to ask ourselves, what, what is mine to do? What if I don't do it? Nobody else will. Am I being asked to do this? Um, does the other person even want me to do like right. what, what's good for me and my family, not just for this other person. Cause when it comes to these things, codependency is always right around the corner and enabling is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So it's, but when you have 
when you are in a healthy space and you have support to bounce ideas off of and to, to discern with, then you can make knowledgeable uh, offerings and knowledgeable choices that will, that are from the right place that will help the other individual and not hurt, hurt you or other people. Cause that's the thing too, you know, when my mom tells a story that she heard from her sponsor uh, for a codependency um, of that this mother was buying the crack or drugs or whatever it was for her daughter because she was the neighborhood that they were in was so dangerous and she didn't want her daughter to get hurt in the neighborhood. And so that's pretty, that's an extreme, Uh but do you think that that mother is seeing a therapist or a spiritual director? No, she's just making decisions. She's alone also trying to make decisions to help this other individual who's alone. Mm. Yeah. So I have uh, just a, a random, I guess, Enneagram seven question, because this is true for me. You were talking about sevens just really want, we want people to know that they're there for us. But do you think that's true even outside of a seven, like who, who is severely depressed or an alcoholic or a drug addict or suicidal, but just your normal dude? Normal dude seven? Or dude at seven. Yeah, I think, and that's what, I think it is true. Yeah. I think we take it for granted. Yeah. So, so when we're doing fine and we're not focused on the person who's calling and then that person calls, we're like, yeah, man, I'm good. What's up? You, do you need something? Cause I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then we go about life, but it's not. So if that's the response that you get when whoever, whoever's listening, when you call your seven, and they're a little dismissive and kind of think that you're being needy. Dude, you you got to know that you, you made the call for them Yeah, and you've done it. And that's the big thing. Um, the four mantras that LTM t- uh, teaches about show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and then don't get attached to the results. Mm, that's so good. Show up and you make the call, mm-hmm. check on them. How are you doing? If the truth is I'm worried about you, if the truth is I just want to say hi, if the truth is whatever, and then whatever the response is, that's not, that's doesn't matter. Right. You've done, you've discerned and done what you right. thought was you were supposed to do. That's good. And the odds are that will be the response. And that's how, when I'm healthy, that's my response. Life, life is kick ass. Mm-hmm. And when I get a call from Someone, because again, with sevens, it's what is the purpose of this? Like, yeah, where, right. what am I doing with my time? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spend 10 minutes talking with you on the phone. And for the sake of talking on the phone, that sounds super awful. Uh, yeah. And, and two, I also think it's the common misconception that we look like we have our life together. And so it's like, well, they don't need to be checked in on. Right. They're always happy. What's to check in on them about? Um and I think if it's one thing that, at least from my point of view, that if someone listens to this and they have a seven in their life, it's like, gosh, dang it, like check up on me because half the time I am, you know, and, and the life I live as an entrepreneur, I guess is like, it's one of the most loneliest 
isolating career choices, callings, whatever the hell you want to call it, things that I could do. And it's, you know, and today it's like you wake up and you're on, you feel like you're on top of the world. And then five minutes later, you're like, what the hell am I doing with myself? It's so damn hard. And I think if anybody's listening and this is not my cry for help, but it is going just <laughs> like, listen, listen, Moose, I'm going to give you a call, man. All right. <laughs> Don't worry. But it is, it is like, Hey, we want to be checked on just to know that we're not alone because we feel alone because we feel like everybody knows us and they really don't. Yeah. Does that make sense? I know that was a really long tangent, but here's, I think, and I, I've not thought about this before this moment, who the hell has it together? Right. Like who's one person that doesn't need someone mm-hmm. to call them and just say, Hey, what's up? Are you, are you good? Not, and not in a, not in that tone that I just did, but, Hey, I was thinking about you. You doing good? Right, right. You're good? Cool. Who has it together so much that they don't need to hear from other individuals just saying hi and checking on them? And the answer is nobody. And if someone is saying that they do have it together that much, then they absolutely don't. And that's what my mom says about the levels of health when she's teaching about like the Enneagram. If you're, uh, you know, when you're healthy, you're this, when you're average, you're this, and then there's below average and mm-hmm. then excess um, and then pathological. And it's like, if you say that you're in the healthy range most of the time, you're not like, that's the first sign <laughs> that you're not in the healthy range yeah. most of the time because nobody is right. Life. And that's, that's a deal, especially for um, young men. This is a man, a whole thing I'm really wanting to learn a lot about is uh rites of passage that we don't go through in our culture that the rest of the world still does besides Western culture and society and historically has always done, but now we don't. And now boys are staying at home until they're 35 and can't have relationships. And, uh, and it's because we we're not learning that. Guess what, man, life is hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Life is not about you. Suffering is a thing that we will all deal with. Yeah. But we don't, uh, we're not learning. Boys are younger men. are not learning that. Are not learning that. Yeah. 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 You should, uh, we need to, we need to do like a conference whenever people can start getting back together. Just Enneagram yes. seven men. Man, I'm about it. Yeah. Like, rent a place on the beach. We'll all go jet ski, rent a boat, go out in the middle of the ocean. And then we have like this deep session right. and then we can come back. We're all life's fine again, but I think and, and that's then have the space to go to. to go to five. We need, we need some seven space. We need the uh-huh. one energy. We need the uh-huh. five energy. Just kind of, uh, I'm again, I'm already there in my head. Right. Oh, me too. I was just thinking, uh, okay, another ridiculous. place we can get a private chef in and have all these different course meals. So it's oh, like, yeah. yeah. And then afterwards you can break out and then you'd have that five space of, Oh man, this is really, you know, it's a little, Yes. Wind down time and to myself uh-huh. time. And oh yeah, man, I'm, I'm on board. I'm serious. We, we need to offline. We'll talk about this. I, I am all, all in. I, again, I want to say I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our friendship. I'm thankful that you are who you are and that you're here with us on this earth because uh, we need you, man. Dude, thank so. you so much. That's what the, uh, you know, when we, every now and then my folks will look at me and be like, never saw this happening. You know, who who would have thought that 
you'd be, uh, the role that you are at the ministry that we created. And, uh, and six years ago, who would have thought that you'd be doing any of this? And, yeah. uh, so thank you. And the answer is, uh, when I am in healthy enough space to stop. And, and that's the other big thing that we didn't talk about at all is just slowing the hell down. Uh, but to stop and slow down and recognize mm-hmm. uh, these things, it's, it's, it's really great. And, yeah. and I'm thank you so much for, again, like I said, I'm not going to put this crap on, uh, on my, on my, on my gram or, or I think my what daughter's called something else already. I have it's no like, idea. But, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. And I think I have found uh, that it's important for people to hear when uh, the time is right. And so I'm happy. I'm never going to be one to, if I keep the story to myself, then why did I get to live? Right. No, that's our that, stories. Oh are, then I'm, our stories are meant for others. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. You bet. Thank you.